Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. This verse has been in my brain for the last past month, the few months now. To first seek the kingdom of God. A lot of us sitting here in this room, we have worries. We have even maybe doubt. There was one guy in the Bible when he looked up and he said, Lord, help my unbelief. And so this is just something, you know, as we're going through everyday life, we're all in a storm. We're all in in a boat. We're just on different parts of the boat. And this verse right here has just been um, coming in my head over and over and over. And if you're taking notes, the title of the study is When God Guides, God Provides, which is um, the philosophy, one of the philosophies of ministry when it comes um, to Calvary Chapel. Um, Calvary Chapel, um, I'm so thankful for for the ministry and for what God has done in and through um, the ministry as a whole and learning that where God guides, God provides. If you've ever been to um, well, obviously, we're in a Calvary Chapel right now, right? But, you know, any Calvary Chapel that I've been to, um, they're never begging for money, um, never begging for, for even uh, servants, you know. There's opportunities on a bulletin announcement. There's an opportunity to serve. There's an opportunity to give, but never um, begging for money because that was the philosophy of ministry that Pastor Chuck had was that if God's guiding the ministry because it's his church then he's going to provide and I've heard horror stories of different uh, ministries where they'll lock the doors and say um, you're not leaving here until you write out a check for $500 or whatever it might be and so that's just kind of like um, the the saying where when God guides God provides that's what what came to mind when reading these verses but then also kind of like obviously that's for for ministry And then I was thinking, well, how about on a practical level for um, our everyday um, lives? Because there's so many things that God um, provides for us. The air that we're breathing right now, our heart is beating. And um, if you just look around, look at how God has provided, you know, here. A a chair for you to sit in, AC, and just um, in and out. I mean, God (laughs) has provided. And so if you're writing notes down, uh, here's just four points, is that God provides for us spiritually, God provides physically, God provides mentally, and God provides emotionally. And so a quick background on um, the Gospel of Matthew is um, Matthew was a tax collector, the author who wrote um, the book. And Jesus called him um, into ministry. Now, when he was a tax collector, the way it worked was a lot of people um, didn't like him because the, the way it worked was when he collected the, the, the money, anything left over, he can, the tax collectors can keep for themselves. So what do you think the tax collectors would do? They would um, boost up the prices, right? And steal from the people so that they would have more. So he was just... Um, hated. He was really, you know, hated. And so 
Jesus calls um, Matthew um, to follow him, and he obeyed uh, the call. Now, Matthew, when he writes um, this letter, he's writing to the Jews, and the way he's uh, he's writing to the Jews, and the way he's writing about Jesus is he's writing Jesus as their King, as their Messiah, the Anointed One that they had been hearing about um, through the Old Testament, and so. Um, here's some, some, some things that the kingdom of heaven, the phrase is used 32 times in the Gospel of Matthew. The phrase that it might be fulfilled is used only by Matthew nine times. And the phrase that which was spoken in reference to the Old Testament is used 14 times um, only by Matthew. Chapters 5 through 7, we're, we're going to be in chapter 6, just a little section is known as the Sermon on the Mount, right? And so um, we're not too sure exactly, you know, which mount it was, but that's chapters 5 through 7 is known as the Sermon on the Mount, probably one of the best sermons in the whole wide world, I mean, spoken by Jesus himself. And so the first point, God provides spiritually. And so... Right now, this is for the non-believer. Most of us here, I would venture to say, are Christians. We've given our life to the Lord, but maybe you're watching online right now. Maybe you're going to hear the study later. Maybe you're sitting here right now, and you do not know who Jesus is. You don't even want to be here. Who knows, right? And God has provided a way for us, for you, spiritually, to enter heaven. The Bible says that none of us are good. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. So if you think you're a good person, I um, hate to break it to you, but you're not a good person, right? We've all messed up, and I'll, I'd be the first one to raise my hand that, man, I've, I've messed up so much in my life, but God's grace, um, that he, he's a God of hundreds of opportunities to, to turn to him. So maybe you feel like you know, um, I can never come to God. That's just a lie from the devil. And so, you know, he, he provides salvation for us. That if you would just confess that Jesus is Lord and Savior, you shall be saved. When Jesus died on the cross for our sins, again, when Matthew talks about this in the, in the Gospel of Matthew, the Jews knew exactly what he was talking about because in the Old Testament, there were sacrifices um, that they would have to do when they, when they would sin. And Jesus was that ultimate sacrifice for, to cleanse us all from sin. And so, you know, we sin, and what happens is, in God's eyes, we've we, we broken his law, we've broken his command, and so the wages of sin is death. But the good news is that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So God provides for us spiritually. For the believer who's sitting here, God has provided the helper, the Holy Spirit, who lives inside of you, who lives inside of us. And what he does is he helps us to serve. He helps us to... Um, to, to give us that strength to resist sin, 
You know that we can resist sin. We have that power, that dynamite power. We can't do it on our own. No way can we do it on our own. You can ask my wife. She'll let you know. I cannot do it on my own. She's seen me, you know, at times. And man, we're just two sinners living in a house with six other sinners. And um, it can get, you know, a little crazy if we're, you know, walking in the flesh. But there's, you know, God has given us the helper. In John chapter 14, verses 16 through 17, it's, Jesus says, And I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. Christian, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And so you might be, you know, sitting here and you might be struggling with a, a sin, and, and God knows, you know, um, that specific sin. And Paul says that there's no temptation that has overtaken us or taken you except such is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So, you know, I'm just going to give an example of a, of a sin. Maybe, um, you know, uh, you used to get drunk, right? That's something that you, you struggled with. Um, I, I don't think it would be wise to go to a bar, right? So maybe you're in a gathering and everybody's drinking and you're feeling that urge. And you guys know yourselves, you know, I know myself, um, if I was probably, my thing was I used to smoke a lot of weed. So I don't know if there's any potheads or ex-potheads in here who can relate to me. But uh, maybe that's why God put me in a Calvary Chapel because, you know, they're all ex-potheads. But, um, <laughs> but um, I know I wouldn't be able to be around uh, somebody who, who's getting high, you know, by myself. Maybe I would probably want my wife with me or another brother with me. So then I don't get tempted to... Say, hey, man, you know, pass it, you know, and, and, um, and God would make an, an escape, right? So if I was in that situation, I could just easily walk out. Maybe you're watching too much TV, and God has made an escape, and they created this thing called the remote. And you can just hit the off button. A lot of people are addicted to their cell phones, right? Can I get an amen? Everybody, anybody addicted? Well, if you hold the button down... If you hold it down, a little icon comes up, and it says, power off. And so God has made an escape for you. So we all have different, different things, right? So for the non-believer, God has um, provided, you know, for the spiritual need, salvation, the blood of the Lamb that makes us white as snow, that you can, no matter what you have done, no matter what you did, that God will forgive you of your sins. He's just full in faith to do that. That's the good news. Not religion, not coming to you know, church every Sunday, even though that's a good thing, but coming to that point where you realize that you're in need of a Savior and that you need Jesus, that you recognize that your life isn't right. To be open with God, to be straight up with God. And the, for the believer... To be open and straight up with God and say, God, you know, I struggle in this area. Help me. Help me. 
to overcome. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can overcome. And after we overcome that sin by His grace, there comes another sin. And God will do, continue doing that work until we're in heaven and then we'll be perfect and we'll be right there in the streets of gold, right? The, the streets will be made of gold and we won't get tempted to scrape up the gold and put it in our pocket, right? And so another thing is that God provides for us um, physically. In the context right here of Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, he's telling the disciples, he's telling the people not to worry about what they're going to wear, not to worry about what they're going to eat. Right now, some of you guys are sitting right here worrying about how long the line's going to be at the restaurant, right? I know I'm getting hungry. And so God provides food and clothing. Notice in verse 28, it says, So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, in other words, the other nations seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. So notice again um, in verse 33, Jesus says, But seek first the kingdom of God. Here in America, um, we're indoctrinated to first go to school, get an education, get a career, get married, and get the house. Right? That's the American dream. Everybody have Tuesday off? Anybody have Tuesday off? Thank the Lord that we live in America and that we have Tuesday off, right? Does anybody have to work Wednesday? Anybody calling in Wednesday? Guys, go to work. But um, we're, we're blessed, you know, that, that we live in America, but in the Bible... It says to first seek the kingdom of God, and then everything else will be added to us. But again, we have to go against the, the flow that's telling us, no, you need to do these other things first. And Jesus is saying, no, first seek the kingdom of God, and these things will be added to you. And um, throughout my life, I've seen God provide for my family, um, for me. I mean, crazy stories that I only thought Pastor Chuck Smith would, like, go through. You know, like, hey, that's Chuck Smith. Of course, you know, he's going to find checks in the, in the um, mail, you know. I don't know if you ever heard different testimonies of, um, of his stories, but I, I encourage you, um, check out Ventures of Faith. And he was saying that when he would hear about George Mueller, you know, guys, a God providing for, for, for him in the ministry, and he's like, well, then God can provide for me. And then it goes from, you know, a guy like George Mueller to Pastor Chuck to Pastor Raw to Pastor Manny to me and even to my kids that we can pass that on to just seek the Lord and he will 
provide. And I've seen it time after time um, from coming to the Lord even to, to now to where I remember my car broke down. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll just take the bus. You know, I have no problem taking the bus. Um, at the time, I lived in Highland Park. My job was in Vernon. So that's a little, little distance. I'll take the bus, do whatever I have to do. And I just prayed, God, um, at the time, I was working part-time. So I didn't have, you know, a lot of money. I barely had any money. And so I just was walking with the Lord, serving, and just trying to do my best. And if God wanted to provide a car, amen. And if he didn't, I didn't mind taking the bus. And so I think that happened for like three weeks. And then someone comes up and says, hey, God told me um, if, if you wanted to take over these payments to a car. And I was like, yeah, sure. And so he was like, you don't have to put a down payment. Just start the payments, and whenever you get any extra um, cash, just give it to me. And to me, I was like, wow, God provided. Um, there was another time where my wife and I, well, at the time we were dating, and uh, I had enough for us to share a meal, you know. Um, now, nah, there was a little more, but we were walking. And I was just like, man, trying to like budget in my head, you know, what are we going to get? What are we going to eat? Um, hope she doesn't add cheese on her burger. You know? <laughs> and so we're, we're walking, and I found $20 on the floor. And I said, Lord, she could get cheese. <laughs> And God, God provided. Now, in Matthew chapter 17, verse 27, there was a time where they were coming to Jesus and, and his followers, and they're saying, Don't, doesn't your master pay taxes? Right? And, you know, I think tax season is over now, but guess what? It's going to come again. And you might be thinking, man, I'm going to owe, or, you know, how's this going to work? So in verse 27 of Matthew chapter 17, it says, Nevertheless, Jesus speaking, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. And I'm here to share with you what God has ministered to me, that when God guides, God provides, so let's go fishing and let's open up some fish. Now I'm just playing. But you know what I'm saying, right? Is that um, God was providing. Now, what did the disciple, what did he have to do? What did Peter have to do? He had to go out and fish, right? So sometimes some people have the mentality, well, God will provide if I just sit here and do nothing. That's not how, how it works, especially when you're reading the Bible. You know, um, he says right here to first seek the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Another thing um, when I came to the Lord and I was praying about was friends. Um, when I came to the Lord, remember I told you I was a, a, a pothead, so all my friends 
smoked weed, and that's all we did, right? And we hung out. So I knew, okay, I'm a Christian now. I don't want to smoke weed anymore, and I, I need new friends. God, um, can you provide some friends for me? Because I felt like a loner. You know, I, I was used to being around a lot of people, and now that I'm a Christian, I just felt alone, and God provided friends. And I want to encourage you, maybe you feel that way. Maybe you just came to the Lord. Maybe you reded rededicated your life. Maybe you've been coming here for years, and you, and you feel like you have no friends. Ask God, and he will provide friends. People who really care about you. People who will pray for you. People who will go in the storm with you, you know. And so, um, God provided, you know, friends. A, a lot has happened um, in these walls here. There used to be a wall here before. And um, I remember walking in here, there, there was no carpet like this. The carpet was torn. There was no projector. There was even no stage. I remember there was no stage. And just seeing how God has provided and, and worked in and through the ministry here. But here in this place, God provided my wife. And so God also pro provides a spouse. Maybe you're out there and you're praying, you know, and you're just like trying to look for that hunk or that chick or, you know, whatever it might be. I think of um, the story in Genesis, how God provided a bride for Isaac. See, um, in the Hebrew, when it says that he was meditating, that means he was on social media looking for a chick. Just playing. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that. He was just out there, you know, seeking the Lord. He was meditating, it says, and one of the servants came and brought Isaac his bride. So God provides um, for our, our physical needs. He provides for the food, for the clothing. It might not always be our wants. You know, maybe I want to go to um, a fancy restaurant, but God says, no, you're going to go to Taco Bell today. You know, God provided a meal. Uh, maybe I wanted steak, and he says, no, you're just going to have rice and beans today. But God still provided. It's amazing when you think about it. That those songs that, that we were singing were just so fitting for today. A wonderful father. You know, he loves us so much. There's, no, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing that you did that would make God love you less. And there's nothing that you can do to make God love you more. He loves you. No matter what your upbringing is, no matter what you've um, gone through, he's a wonderful father and he provides for his children. Another thing is that God provides for us uh, mentally. The stresses of the world, the cares of the world, the rents due yesterday. Yesterday was the first of the month, right? The mortgage is due, 
whatever it might be, um, different thoughts. You know, I don't know if, if the enemy throws those fiery darts at your brain, at your mind, where maybe you can't sleep at night. Maybe it's too much coffee and your brain's just, you know, thinking and thinking and thinking, overthinking. But God provides for us mentally and he gives us a peace that will surpass our understanding. In Philippians 4, 6-7, Paul says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So in other words, but first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? And it says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts, minds through Christ Jesus. So what is first seeking the kingdom of God? Spending time with Jesus. Spending time with him daily, even though you've read the Bible 30 times, even though you read the Bible 20 times. Maybe it's your first time, you know, going through, through the Bible. We just, if you're going, reading through the Bible through the year, we're in Job in the Old Testament and the New Testament. We're in the um, book of Acts. We just finished the Gospels. And if, man, the book of Acts is cool. Like, that is a cool book to read. And it's the only... Um, book in the Bible that doesn't end with the amen, and so most believe because the book of Acts is continuing, and we even hear praise reports like in Cambodia, right, what's going on around the world, and um, I can't wait to hear what's going to happen in Nepal, what God's going to do, what he's already doing over there, and then yet what he's going to do, and think about it, a Bible college in Cambodia, who would have thought that, but God is providing, right, where he guides, he provides. And so, again, mentally, if, if you're out there and you're just, just feeling those, those thoughts, those ugly thoughts coming towards you, spend time with the Lord, read his word, hold on to his word, and that's what's going to wash those thoughts away and help you. And so the thoughts are going to come no matter what, but it's what we do with them. And so the Bible says to put every thought into captivity. So in other words, get that thought handcuff it, and give it to God, you know, because we all, our brains are just going, going, you know, we, we're driving, and, and, you know, somebody does something, and, you know, our brains are just, just a lot of thoughts, right, things that we, we watch on TV, so some of it is, is our fault, because we put it in our heads, and then some of it is that we, we have no control um, over it. Um, we hear something on the news, whatever it might be, and or something happens um, to a family member, and those thoughts can consume us. And so the next point is that God provides for us um, emotionally. Emotionally. A lot of us can be led by um, our emotions. Um, people say that women are more um, emotional and can be led um, more by their emotions, but I think there's some guys who are emotional and who can be led by their emotions. How many of you guys get angry? Come on, guys, really? I'm the only one? I know you guys get angry. You watched the Dodger game the other day, and the Angels beat the Dodgers. They were winning 10 in a row, and then boom, the angels got that, broke the streak. I got mad. 
<laughs> I was supposed to go to that game. I was invited to the game. But um, God brings comfort. He brings comfort. But first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. He provides for us emotionally. He provides for us with comfort. You might be here and your heart is just broken. You might be watching online and your heart is just broken. You feel like you can't go anymore. Um, you feel like there's no hope. There is hope. Jesus is our hope. Now, we talked about him dying on the cross, but three days later he rose up again. The resurrection, that's where our hope is. The resurrection of Jesus um, being alive again. Um, my parents, both of my parents uh, passed away. My mom passed away when I was 18. She had cancer in her pancreas. My dad passed away when I was, I think, in my mid-20s. And uh, he was an alcoholic, so he had cirrhosis of the liver. Uh, a painful, a painful death. Um, I was talking to somebody recently, and they were asking, well, like, how did you go through it? So when my mom passed away, um, I wasn't a believer. So when I went to her funeral, when I went to... Um, her service, I was high. I was real high. And to me, that was just numbing the pain. And so I was sharing with somebody, when my mom passed away, I just smoked a lot of weed and just was just like, that's how I, I dealt with it. Everybody deals with, with, with deaths differently. When my, my, when my dad passed away, I was a believer, and he gave his life to the Lord on his deathbed. Um, my mom gave her life to the Lord also. Manny baptized her. It was at Jesse and Maria's house. Um, so they're both at home with the Lord. But with my dad, God used that to comfort me, even with my mom passing away. That you remember when Lazarus was dead, right? And he goes and he sees... Um, Lazarus' sisters, and he asked them, you know, do you believe that, you know, he'll, he'll be in the, I think they said, I know in the resurrection he'll be, he'll be, um, he'll come back or he'll, he'll be there in the resurrection. I'm paraphrasing. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection, right? And so, I don't know how it all works, but God will comfort you in those times. I can't say that um, I did 10 jumping jacks and a flip and then I was comforted. I just spent time with God and I held on to his word. And there's a saying that says you hold on to the things that you do know and not the things that you don't know. And so um, I deliver packages for a living. I work for UPS and um, my route that I do a lot is by East LA College. Everybody know where that is? Monterey Park? Well, I have family who live on the route. So when I was born, my mom, you know how some traditions 
and usually Hispanic Mexican families is you don't take the kid out for the first 30 days, right? So they sheltered me for the first 30 days um, there in Monterey Park, and I was just thinking, man, God, you, I was like here for 30 days, first 30 days of my life out of the womb, and now I'm delivering over here. So that was just bringing me memories of my mom. I was thinking about my mom as I'm delivering. And again, I don't know how it works. But I asked God. And I just said, God, can you? It's okay, Lord. And, and I'm, I'm being transparent with you as I was being transparent with God. Is it okay, Lord, if you just tell my mom and dad that I'm thinking of them? I don't know if God sends a text message or what. <laughs> but I just asked him if, if he could do that. If, just tell him that I said hello and that I'm, I'm thinking of them. And that I'm trying my best to deliver these packages, and deal with these crazy customers. <laughs> God help me. But God provides that way. And it's just so cool to know that we have a God who loves us, who cares for us. Jesus says, consider the birds. How much more are we to the Father? You know? He's going to provide for you. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And when you think about it, We don't deserve it. We do not deserve it. None of us. But God's grace. He's the wonderful counselor. He's the great I am. And so, I encourage you guys. Wake up in the morning. And if you're not a morning person, turn off the TV at night. Open up your Bible. Get on your knees. And listen to what God has to say to you. And it will change your life. Not just your destination, but it will change you from the inside out. And God has brought you here to remind you that he loves you. God has brought you here to remind you to get back into the word. Because I'd venture to say, um, with just the distractions of the world, the distractions of our flesh and, and just life and the enemy throwing things at us, it can be challenging to open up the Bible. But God hasn't given up on you and hasn't given up on me. First, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then verse 34 says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The NLT, the way it's translated there, is, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Right? So you might be worrying about tomorrow, next week. That's God's. Give it to God. Give it to Him. And He's going to provide. There's a saying that when you have a big problem, then that means you have a little view of God. But when your problem's little, then you have a big view 
of God. And if you can get past Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, then sky's the limit. Right? That he created everything. And you're going to see God do his work. Again, I thought it was just for Pastor Chuck and, you know, people, but it's for everybody. It's for all of us. God, when he guides, he provides. But then you got to remember, if he's not guiding, then he's not going to provide. And you got to be okay with that. I got to be okay um, with that. And I've been okay with that, I think. Ask me tomorrow. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've seen it so many times even here in the ministry. It just blows me away. There was one time I, f- I forgot to get um, goldfish for the nursery. And um, I was like, oh, man, there's no goldfish. What are these kids going to eat? Right? Because, man, do you guys feed the kids in the morning like cereal or anything? Because they come in. <laughs> they come in hungry. You'll never guess what happened. One of the servants comes up with his van filled with goldfish. He knows who he is. I don't know if he's here yet. Maybe he's coming might have slept in, but he didn't know. He just thought, oh, I'm going to bring some, some goldfish. He didn't know that we ran out. But God put it in his heart, and it's God's ministry. So that's God's classroom. This is God's sanctuary. He's going to provide no matter what. Um, if there's no servants, Jesus says, pray, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. If there's no servants, that door's going to be closed. And we're okay with it. Because if God's not guiding, He's not going to provide. There's people out there, I don't know if you listen to some of the radio stations, and they're all, this is our spring, you know, um, collection time. And if we don't collect, you know, a certain amount of funds, then, you know, this program won't be on. Then maybe God doesn't want it. And so that's something I've learned um, through the philosophy of ministry um, through Calvary Chapel. And this is, again, some verses that God has been just putting on my heart because there's times, you know, um, again, I have six kids. That's eight mouths, including myself, right? So I'm like, Lord, how are these kids going to eat? And then I just remember, oh, he fed 5,000 people with a few loaves of bread and fish. He could provide for, you know, my kids and my wife and myself. So I encourage you, spend time with him. First, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't worry about tomorrow. And when God guides...